What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. where i live in california mm-hmm. you know, the heat here is insane it doesn't make any sense i know why well, i came back and people people immediately were like how's this stand up to california heat like th- I, I think every a lot of people assume the whole state is like the desert or like la you know what i mean where mm-hmm. it's like and now it's like this is so much hotter here than where i'm at california but i I went to a Mets game on, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, I went to a Mets game on Thursday and I guess I blocked it out because the game was so good. But as soon as I, as soon as we went to the train station and we were waiting for the train, the Super Express, as they call it, four stops in, four stops from deep inside Queens into Manhattan, shout out the Super Express on the 7 train. Um, just waiting there and standing there, it just all hit me at once. Just the, not even the heat, it's really just the humidity. Just standing yeah. there and sweating and sweating and sweating. It's like, I might as well just go to a gym and work out at this point. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Red Sox Yankees Friday. And I'm pretty much anticipating the same. Yeah, no. Same experience. Not at all. I mean, at least... The Yankees are the Yankees are starting to slump a little, to be honest. So you guys yeah. might have a chance. Well, I I don't know about that. Last <laughs> night they, last night the Red Sox lost. It was four to four, bottom of the ninth, two outs, full count. And gave up a home run. One, one, down to their last pitch, with our best reliever who had thrown two and two thirds, beautiful innings, like literally mowing every Royal down. And then one bad change up and the game's over. I mean, and so now it's a four game series and we're down two to one in the series to the fucking Royals. After they traded Andrew Benintendi, who was their best player. Which, yeah, well he he sucks. So he hasn't he hasn't shown up yet, but it's like one for thirty five. I mean good two and two thirds. Like asking the, asking someone to complete three innings of relief is a bit of a stretch unless well, this is the guy they tried pitcher. to. This is the guy they tried to put in the rotation in the first part of the year. So he's gone three. You know what I mean? A okay. bunch of times. He, but it was kind of a. It was more so that they couldn't score any runs in the seventh or eighth inning, so that they could go to their closer. 
mm-hmm. who I'm not saying that their closer, how is any like better than the guy they had in there, but at least then it's two innings and then one inning, a fresh guy for that last inning. Cause um, as you know, relief pitchers get up towards 30 pitches and things start. They don't, they can't throw. A yeah. I mean, anymore. it's right. It's just not. Yeah. So I don't even want to fucking talk about that team <laughs> on on Thursday, I saw Edwin Diaz complete a six-out save, which was amazing. Um, yeah. Apparently, I, there was Thursday was really a good game to go to because there's like a lot of. I mean, it's all it's history, but it's not like major shit. But um, the Mets traded for Tyler Naquin, and he hit two home runs, and he's like the first Met to hit two home runs at their first time in um, playing in City Field as a Met. So that was interesting seeing Edwin Diaz get the six-out save, which is the first time. And then Carlos Carrasco went – I think he went, like, five or six innings, but he's he's a he's a really solid pitcher. The Mets look good, man. I don't I don't know if they'll beat the Dodgers, but they look good. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like previous seasons where you can see the weak points that mm-hmm. are going to fall apart or you see where maybe they're relying too heavily on one thing. Like, in 15 when they went, it's like – yeah, you have the four pitchers, but what happens when, you know what I mean, something goes wrong there. This team, I feel like, is is super, super well-built, and, like, getting DeGrom back mm-hmm. is insane. He's pitching you go, at 4.30. Yeah, when you go into the playoffs, like, just having DeGrom and Scherzer, especially DeGrom only pitching, like, two, a third of a season. So, obviously, he's coming off injury, but if he is fully healthy, which – based on his consistent 102-mile-an-hour's mile-an-hour fastball. Seems like he's pretty healthy. So you're getting a well-rested to ground, too. So, I mean, it's good. I think it's good for baseball. And as you know, we've talked about, like, despite 1986, Red Sox and Mets fans have kind of a little, like, kinship over just hating the fucking Yankees. Yeah. (laughs) Um... That being you said, tell, you can tell I'm back home because I just use like just fucking as a space word for every sentence. <laughs> it's just it's just the Boston air. Yeah. Yeah. Next, Taylor from Boston. Yeah. Well, I'm not from Boston, but we can it sometimes I am. <laughs> um, this is the cat podcast. This is episode 214. That is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. Thank you for watching and listening. Um Taylor, I think before I go any further here, I have to ask this very important question. Who are you wearing? All right. So we, we got the Dark World, Dark World hoodie. Mm-hmm. Shout out DJ Lucas. Mm-hmm. We got the Awkward Age bucket. Shout out Josh Forehead. And then we got like the, the grandma driving glasses mm-hmm. so to get, get rid of the glare, you know, in the twilight. Mm-hmm. So we just 30, 30 miles in the 60. Feel you. Yeah. So I got the, yeah, I got the, Balenci slash uh, life alert collab glasses on. What does that even look like? Is is it just like from like the 1950s, the ones with the... We could go with the Spike Lee and flip it up. Wait, can you flip it up? No, I can flip the hat up. Oh, okay. To show you the full glasses, but... <laughs> oh, so if you can flip up the glasses, that, that kind of skyrockets the value, at least no, in, my, in my wardrobe. Like, oh, look at those. I wish, I wish, I wish baseball players still wore the flip-up sunglasses. They don't anymore, though. Everyone just has the big Oakleys, but I I love like those, those we Oakleys look kind of cool. No, they do. But Dude. when we were when we were going up, seeing like a random guy could flip them up or down, I was like, wow. 
have a pair of glasses that like I, I think they call them I don't think you call them bifocals or some shit like that like the ones that like they have the sunglasses and then you flip them up and down and stuff like it has it's glasses like regular glasses yeah and then you flip them up and then sunglasses that it's it's four yeah, lenses that, that makes sense I yeah. haven't honestly this is the first time I've worn sunglasses in a long time because I can't see really a whole yeah. lot with them on so you know <laughs> luckily we're talking about music with the ears. We are. We're not. We're not talking. We we don't need sight for this episode. Um, once again, as I said, this is the Cap Podcast. Thank you for watching and listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Check out the Old Milk Smith's playlist on Spotify and YouTube, and check out all the Old Milk content on OldMilk.co. That being said, aside from understanding what Taylor is wearing today, well, excuse me, who Taylor is wearing today, we have to say it fancy. Like, um, how are you doing today? Good. I can't complain. Really, it's just good good time with my family good time when you know catching up with people i haven't seen in a while and just battling the heat how are you same beating the heat trying to at least i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy a nice um box of coconut water under a tree and wow. watch the sunset yeah no i'm gonna if, if 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 the if the city wants me to feel like i'm in the caribbean then okay we can play this game hey takes two to tango Hey, man, I don't know how to tango, but I'm sure the city will teach me. Exactly. <laughs> um, on this episode, we are talking about Young Boy Never Broke Again's The Last Limito, the second album that has come out from him this year. This album is 30 tracks long, one hour and 20 minutes, only three features on it, Kalani, Rod Wave, and Quavo. Taylor, what were your first thoughts on The Last Limito? You know that screenshot of the text conversation where it's like... Uh... It's like, I'm not reading all that happy for you or I'm sorry that happened. That's how I felt seeing 30 tracks in this. Like, I'm not a big young boy fan. I told you that before. I talked about it before. And so seeing 30, 30 tracks from an artist that I already really don't, you know, that, that isn't in my regular rotation. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, obviously, we've been lucky with the past couple of weeks and months, honestly, to get a couple compact albums that have been more like you and I talk about with some intentionality and it's not to say this isn't, isn't intentional because obviously it is, but yeah, my first impression was, ah, we got 30 songs. What was the second impression? Second impression was I, I like it when he's more melodic than when he's just rapping. Mm -hmm. I like, I think, I think it's, that's more interesting to me vocally, like sonically, and just subject because I feel like a lot of the the more like traditional rap verses kind of bleed together a little bit, especially just like the similar tone, like the real like loud tone he uses. And then the melodic ones, it's easier just for me to decipher between those those songs and and be able to take it in better than having having like a and I this goes across the board, not just for not just for him, but like it's way easier to deal with like a melodic slower song that's like a, has a little more sentiment than like someone just like yelling at you mm -hmm. i i think that this album in a vacuum in the young boy universe i feel like this album would be an equivalent to a drake album from the standpoint of there are songs on here for everybody like whatever you want whatever you listen to young boy for whether it be the melodic tracks that Taylor was talking about or um, the 
the high energy, the high energy tracks, or just the more sentimental tracks. There's a lot of that there. There's also some experimental things that he does as well. Um, so from that standpoint, in terms of understanding that he has all these different sub fan bases that he has to uh, please, I think that he did a good job of that. 30 tracks, I think is too long as well. I think that it would have made sense for it to be something where he drops maybe 15 this week and then a deluxe next week for 15 or maybe a separate project with 15. I think that all the tracks are good. I don't think that there is a track that was like, okay, well, you could have cut this out and saved us some time. I think that all of them were similar quality. Some were higher, some some performed higher than others, but I think for the most part, they were a standard good level of quality where it's not a confusion of why did you put this on the album? Really? You gave us 30 songs, like you gave us extra songs to put this on the album. Like that's not really something that I felt going through it. I will say the first listen was a little bit rough because I wasn't really in the mode to really listen to music like that in the first place. So going through 30 tracks, like all yeah. the first time and you're not really feeling um, music like that kind of, kind of iffy probably not the best way to go about it the first time but I will say that from the tracks I liked and I continue to listen to which is something that happens to me often when I listen to uh, young boys new projects there are tracks that I like and I'm like okay I want more of this and then luckily for me this time around or luckily for everybody this time around um there are more tracks to go to all you have to do is listen to the album again so it's not really more of a um you don't have to really find that diamond in the rough going back like three or four years of young boy music and looks, listening to 15 songs to find that one song that sounds like the one that you just liked. Um, so I appreciated that as well. Yeah. Um, that being said, I, this is his, this is 30 songs. He released an album in January called Colors. That was 19 songs I just checked. Well, technically 20, but he took off one because one of the tracks was Flossin and that was made with internet money. I think that they ended up just using it as a single. Um, so 20 tracks really, possibly more because there were singles that came out. A lot of these tracks in the first place also came out as singles beforehand, before the album was even, um, well, we knew that the album was coming, but before the album really had a date, like a lot of these songs were out like uh, Vet Motors and um, others like that. So additionally, I guess that goes into, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't check to see how many songs came out before the album came out, but I would guess to say probably 10. So in reality, it is a 20 track album, but either way, I think that it was really good to hear young boy be consistent, be prove that he's one of the artists that can make his track all by himself. He doesn't really need help. Um, he can handle the hook perfectly. He can handle the verses perfectly, but also seeing him collab with people that we've heard him collab with before, like Rod Wave and Quavo. And additionally, um, the song with Kalani, doesn't go in the track list with all the other young boy songs that I where I put all the other young boy songs but it's still a good song and it's definitely something that I want to listen to again yeah I agree I I obviously Kalani's on tour right now and it's been buzzing because of her album I I had her album on my power rankings for for last week Blue Water Road so I enjoyed that feature a lot I thought I mean listening to this project I think my favorite part personally and not favorite song necessarily, but my favorite part was definitely the music, like the production. I think that it's a really interesting, I think that who the, the beat selection, it's interesting because it's, 
it sounds like some I don't know in I don't mean this in a you know negative way necessarily, but YouTube beats, but that have like the actual texture that makes it not, if that makes sense, where it's like, okay, I can see like, you know, where the bones of this are probably something you've heard before, but there's like always like a, a an, another factor that kind of gives it that texture. I think that's obviously what it's all about because you can tell when, when beats are just made very, very generically and they're sent out to a bunch of people and, you know, someone might pick it or whatever, but there's a difference when there's a that unique quality or that that you know unique factor that makes it feel that gives it another dimension so I really enjoyed the music on this I think and I think that goes hand in hand with my previous statement about liking the melodic songs a little bit more where that music gets to shine through because just the way he raps and it's like not not an indictment or anything on the way he raps because there's been plenty of other rappers that rap in that very aggressive like like someone like gunplay comes to mind where it's that very like just brash in in your face so i think the moments where it's like more melodic and you can appreciate the music and the music cuts through more just just end up speaking to me way more and, and stand out and i think you made a good point while we were talking before we got on where this because it, the project is 30 songs it's a it's a way for it's like all right here's this huge body of work and you can take this from it and you can take that from it. And if you know what I mean, if you want a mix of the two types or if you just want to like whatever, maybe it'd be easier for fans to digest if it is two projects. But I think it's an interesting idea. And I like that you you spoke about it just earlier off mic where it was like, yeah, here's this huge, like, here's this file, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like if an artist just like, like, just drop the hard drive. File, right. And was like, you take whatever you want from this. Like you can do what you want. And that'd be, Obviously, we haven't really seen anyone do it with that intention necessarily, but I think the way we're moving, that's a good way for artists to be able to cater to a very wide audience, but also get those streams. Because no, obviously, I, we both know that 30 songs is, you you get you want streams. Yeah. I mean, additionally, I think that, first of all, young boy, I think that young boy's fan base is one of the more passionate fan bases. So yeah. that being said, I think that, if there if there were artists that I can point to and be like, okay, for sure, if he drops or he or she drops more than 30 songs, their fan base is going to listen to all of it. I think that young boy is definitely on that list. I'd probably say Chris Brown has dropped some 30 track songs too. And I, at least the Chris Brown fans that I know, they like to listen to the whole thing. So he's up there. I, I, I'd be surprised if the barbs don't listen to a 30 track all 30 tracks of a Nicki album either like yeah. those really rabid fan bases that um will do like will ro- like do whatever for their art like their favorite artist um beyond probably Beyonce too if she if she ever dropped 30 songs I don't think she would but just a, just a thought um that being said I I think that another thing with it is that it's kind of hard to distinguish which tracks are really the hits um yeah. I think that, first of all, I think that Home Ain't No Home is a really good song. I don't know if it's necessarily a hit, but I will say that off of that and hearing Rod Wave and Youngboy together once again, I think that it would be nice to hear them collab on a full-length project. I think that that would be something that would be interesting for people, especially um, fans of Rod Wave, Youngboy, or both, especially like me. I like I like Rod Wave and Youngboy, and I like um, when they were on 
everything different with uh on the Kawhi Leonard album that came out last year I think it's called Culture Jam um that was probably the best song on there so hearing more of that with them I think the Quavo whenever I go into an album and I see Quavo as listed as a feature I'm kind of kind of worried because you don't really know what you're going to get out of that and you don't really know if it's going to necessarily mesh with what the main artist is doing but I do appreciate what Quavo did um on if I'm remembering let me I didn't write that song down let me find the name of it um on don't rate me I think that first of all the hook on that track was really good it's not really something that I've heard um young boy attempt before but he he nailed it in Quavo's verse on it adds to it as well I think that makes one of that track one of the more um highlighted tracks I think that all the features really did their thing despite it being only three features but still like yeah I I don't really have a complaint in terms of um featured artists I don't really have a complaint in terms of young boys performance the only I mean even it's 30 tracks like with track listing I think that they did the best that they can and I think that it's very I don't really see how the track listing could be better on this album either because it's 30 songs um I don't know. I think that this is one of the best case scenarios for an album that is 30, 30 tracks long. I, yeah, I think well, it's something to point to and be like, if you want to do that, do it this way. Yeah. So two things like to your Quavo point, I think you and I just came through college at a point where if you saw the Quavo feature, you're like, oh, this is like an attempt to like make this song into something else. Like we saw so many people on so many you know, ends of the spectrum, just be like, I'll throw Quavo on that and see what happens to it. And for a while, that was like a good formula for people. Like you had like, uh, like he was on everyone from like Camila Cabello to like, like Calvin Harris, like he was just everywhere. So I think me and you being in school for those four years where it was just like, the Migos got huge our freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then the next three years, we're just like, throw Quavo on it, see, see what happens. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was, and then, like you said, when it comes to a 30 song album, you, you you brought Drake into it earlier. I think that while their fan bases aren't the same, I think the artists with solidified fan bases where Drake has just has like, you know, like 13 years of, you know, growth with that fan base. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen how, how dedicated and avid young boys fan base is. So I think, I think when artists like that of that stature do it, what it makes more sense because you have a fan base who's gonna go listen to it. And like if if when I when I've seen some other like really long albums, I, none come to the top of my head, but that's even more of a screenplay when you're like, all right, this person is stri- going like strictly for volume. It's if we can get, you know what I mean? It's like someone's gonna listen to it all the way through or shuffle it or whatever. Someone has to shoot these shots. Exactly. But with this, it's like knowing I like it when artists cater their fan base. I know that everyone's about, you know, trying to reach another fan base. And that's where we've gotten a lot of like the TikTok stuff, because it's like, oh, you don't just want one fan base. You want your fan base and you want the TikTok fan base and you want the Instagram fan base. I like songs and albums and projects and just artists who cater to their own fan base, because I think I think you get a much more genuine product. And like there's that real connection, which is what what you and I like when, you know, more so in like high school with like the blog era was way easier to like latch on to an artist because you knew that they cared about not necessarily the input, but they want their fans to like it. And it's not like, it's not strictly a money player, strictly a numbers play. So 
I think, like you said, I think in terms of a 30, 30 albums or 30 song album, this is close to best case scenario for any artist. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think that young boy having that fan base, I don't think out of the past five years, I mean, well, Travis Scott, well, Travis Scott will probably be before that, I'd say. But I don't think, it, it seems like out of the artists that have come out over the past five years, it's very hard for them to manifest that type of fan base where to the level of a young boy or Nicki Minaj or um, let's uh, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, like, Travis Scott. Like it's very hard for artists now to really get that huge rabid fan base. And the fact that young boy has been able to do it Right. while being independent for the most part i don't really he's signed to atlantic right now and this album is released under atlantic but at the same time i'm not sure how much communication is really going on between atlantic and young boy in terms of music strategy um yeah so for him to be able to do this all basically for the most part by himself i i think that's really impressive and it shows how much impact he has in hip-hop today i think that that may be the biggest case for him, for an argument for him being the best rapper or the most popular rapper or the most impactful rapper of whatever time period that he's been out. So um, yeah, that being said, do you have anything else to add about The Last Lamido? I, You know, like I think that you've made a ton, of, a ton of really good points about this. And it, for me, as someone who's not a fan, like I'll say, I'm, I'm not a fan of the music. I don't listen to it that often. I listen to what you sent me. Like you keep me updated on the things I need to know pretty much. But the fan base part of it is so interesting to me from like the, the why be better memes to mm -hmm. the people celebrating outside the courthouse, like a couple weeks ago, like that stuff is so interesting to me. And that's what like keeps him super relevant in my mind, even when I'm not listening to the music, because you like, it's obviously resonating with a massive amount of people. And you see like other stuff where it's like, like Playboy Cardi, I feel like had a similar effect, you know, and his That's fans fair. are still yes. very loyal to him. But like, like right now in my head, you compare it to someone like Yeet and that feels like so much more like artificial and mm -hmm. social media like driven. I know there's a bunch of people, but it's like who really like fuck with Yeet. But it, it's just, it's just really crazy to me that you have, you see the reaction to this, to young boy that you do, because like you said, nowadays that's not that's not normal it's it's way more like oh like you know everything's about like you know making making your fandom about yourself it's like oh well i'm this level fan like it's a whole individual thing and, and for for young boy it really feels like the whole thing is like way bigger than him at this point and it's, it's like more communal right and that's that is that is cool that's interesting to me and yeah so that's really all i have to add all right um what are your favorite tracks uh let me pull it up so just so i get the names right mm -hmm. i like my go-to with kalani i like lost soul survivor and i think loner life is good mm -hmm. lost soul survivor is probably out of i know we talked about tracks all the tra the tracks that we mainly talked about were the ones with features lost soul survivor is probably besides i got the bag that's probably the best solo young boy track on the whole album i think um, but my favorites are, I know my time, freedom fives, lost boy survive, lost soul survival, excuse me. Um, home ain't no home featuring Rod wave, uh, vet motors, 
acclaimed emotions and i got the bag um mr grim reaper is also a really good song too you could really feel um i think that's another thing about young boy too that adds another aspect to him like when he's you could feel the emotion coming out of the music from or coming from his vocals and that i think that's really what makes him resonate uh so effectively with with other with, with yeah. um people who listen to him because you can hear when he's angry you know he's angry and you kind of feel angry too when he's sad you know he's sad you kind of like you kind of pick up that emotion too it's very um as i say and i'm i'm probably like mute the whole point of music or art is to make you feel and young boy is really really good at making people feel things through his music so um that being said good album 30 tracks hopefully this is the last time young boy puts out something or anyone puts out something with 30 tracks but as we said before it is the best case scenario for a 30 track album um that being said this has been the cat podcast this is episode 314 that is taylor mcleod i am nate sperlin thank you for watching check out the old milk spence playlist on spotify and youtube follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at old milk media check out the old milk check out all the old milk content at oldmilk.co excuse me and we will be back when hip-hop tells us to be thank you for watching we are